Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, January the 4th. And welcome to our commentary. If this is our first contact in 2024, let me wish you a happy new year. And I hope you had a great holiday. Uh, it certainly went by fast, didn't it? Christmas and and New Year this year. I guess it always does, but uh, and we always say it. But uh, as my mom used to say, the older you get, the faster the days seem to go. And, you know, it does feel that way. I know it's the same 60 minutes and 24 hours, but it does seem to, it feels like time is flying uh, a lot faster. Well, today we're going to talk, uh, I have a post over at the American Thinker today. Just want to uh, bring you up to date on that. Uh, it's available over at theamericanthinker.com. And it's about uh, what they're talking about is a Trump strategy in 2024 where he's going to increase the size of the electoral map. He's going to try to play in more blue states, not only win back the states that he lost in 2020, like Pennsylvania, like Michigan, like Wisconsin, like Georgia, uh, like uh, Arizona, bring those back uh, to the column, but also add some more traditional blue states like Minnesota and New Jersey. And he says he can even he's going to try to compete in New York, which would be incredible. But that's what he says. So they're going to go after these states. I think it's a good strategy. I think it's a good strategy. Now, I would simply say that that to make that strategy successful, you have to have a very good vice president on the ticket, somebody who actually unites uh, both wings of the party, the center and the right, and somebody who, well, somebody who appeals to everybody. I suggested Dr. Carson as a, uh, a person who would do that. I think he's a serious man. Uh, that's one possibility. So anyway, there may be others, but I do believe that it's the right strategy on the part of the Trump team to go out and try to win some blue states because the level of dissatisfaction with President Biden is so high. It is absolutely so high, this situation on the border uh, to mention. It's just so high that I think there is an opportunity to actually pick up more independents and maybe even pick up a few Democrats uh, in 2024 and have that kind of a larger map that can maybe put you over 300 electoral votes, maybe even 320, if you were to include uh, states like New Jersey and maybe Minnesota. So it's a great strategy. And I think this may be the moment for that strategy. We'll have to keep an eye on it as, uh, you know, as we get closer to the campaign. But as I mentioned in the article, picking a good vice president is going to be very important for this ticket, not only because of the of the electoral strategy, but also because Trump is 78 years old. And you have to start thinking about the fact that if he were to serve a whole term, he would be 82. Now, he's in good health from everything that we can see. He's obviously doesn't have some of the problems that President Biden has. But, you know, time uh, doesn't uh, pass in vain, as they say. And I think it's important for the country to know that there is a person on the ticket who could take over the presidency at any moment and, uh, you know, be the right person for that uh, for that job. So check my article. It's over at the American Thinker uh, about painting some blue states uh, red. I think it's a good strategy on the part of the of the Trump campaign. Well, I have a post coming out uh, Friday morning about Secretary Mayorkas, you know, Secretary Mayorkas has turned out to be such a disappointment. The situation on the border is absolutely insane. 
if President Biden had any idea of what was happening on the border, or he was surrounded by people who actually cared about the border and cared about the damage that they are doing to the country by having this kind of an open door policy, I want to make it very clear because I always, you know, you always hear, oh, you're against immigration. No, I'm not against immigration. I'm an immigrant. I'm against this kind of crazy illegal immigration. That's what I'm against. Chaotic illegal immigration. That's what I'm against. I have nothing, nothing but, you know, but praise for a legal immigration policy where you're bringing people into the country who benefit the country, who can bring their skills and so ever. I'm all for that. I've always been in favor of that. But I am not in favor of the chaotic illegal immigration that we're seeing on the border right now where anybody shows up and says, I want asylum. And they get a piece of paper that says you're going to see a judge in however many years it takes. I mean, that's just crazy. That's an absolutely crazy policy. That's what we have on the border right now. So if Secretary Mallorca had any decency, he would resign. And if President Biden had a clue of what was happening on the border, he would fire him. Now, the latest uh, from uh, Secretary Mallorca, he was doing an interview uh, with CNN, I believe. And they were, you know, they were asking him about these incredible numbers of people coming in here in the last month. And he went through the usual root causes explanation. You know, we have to help them deal with their problems kind of explanation. The root causes. This is uh, what they always say. But then he brought up climate change, that somehow climate change is now bringing people to the border. Uh, I mean, that's insane. That is just absolutely insane on the part of of uh, Secretary Mallorca, and I don't know, I didn't see the, the interview live, I just saw the transcript, but I would have challenged him on that. What do you mean climate change? What are you talking about? What is that about? I'm not saying that, I, you know, I understand, I mean, I believe in climate change, there is climate change, but somehow blaming the the situation on the border or the fact that all these people are coming to the United States seeking asylum and that climate change is a factor in this, It's just absolutely insane. And he should have been fired just for that reason alone. But unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, this administration, I mean, this president either doesn't care or doesn't have a clue of what's happening down here at the border. He, I mean, it's unbelievable to me, especially now that you're getting complaints from the mayor of New York, the mayor of Chicago, the mayor of Denver, the Democrat governor of Arizona. I mean, it's a lot of people who are complaining about this. It's not just Republicans. And yet, you know, he doesn't seem to understand. Yesterday when he was coming back from the vacation, uh, I guess somebody asked him about the border and he says, well, I need more money. They need to pass whatever money he needs. But it's not a question of money. He could end this thing tomorrow morning by simply, you know, going back to some of the executive orders that President Trump had written, especially stay in Mexico. If that was implemented tomorrow morning, you have to stay in Mexico That would go a long way towards stopping the caravans and the tsunami of people coming to the border. So I, he obviously doesn't care. Um, I mean, President Biden. And he has a very incompetent Secretary of Homeland Security who I don't think he cares either. So that's all I can say. I've never seen a more outrageous situation than what is happening on, on the border. Again, this has nothing to do with immigration. I support Legal immigration. Legal immigration is good for the country. That's how I came in with my parents many years ago. But illegal, chaotic immigration like we're seeing on the border, that is not good for the country. 
that and just ask uh, the mayor of New York City uh, what he thinks about chaotic uh, illegal immigration. Well, another big story that I want to comment on is this situation with the former president of Harvard, uh, Claudine Gay is her name. She resigned a couple of days ago. And as expected, you knew this was coming. Uh, some people are saying that she was fired because she's a black woman. You knew that was coming. I mean, I, it was like you don't even have to imagine these things anymore. You know they're coming. Well, that is an outrageous thing to say that she was fired because she's a black woman. She was fired because, number one, she made some incredibly stupid remarks before the Congress. But I think she could have survived that. I really do. I think she could have survived that with maybe an apology or an explanation. What got her in trouble is, is all this plagiarism accusations or charges. And there's so many of them. And it's going to be very difficult for the president of the university to be found guilty of plagiarism or at least accused of plagiarism. And some of these stories, and I mean, some of the stories, even in the, news, in the newspaper there at the college, are pretty amazing of how she was cutting and pasting. That's how she did uh, apparently much of her work. So if you're the president of a university, how can you be guilty or accused of plagiarism? You can't. I mean, you simply cannot keep your job. And that's the reason she got fired. It has nothing to do with the fact that she's a black woman. Now, if, if a student at her university was found guilty of plagiarism, let's say writing his thesis, I'm sure that student would pay a penalty, maybe lose a scholarship, maybe uh, lose a position or whatever. But the, the student would pay a price. If a professor was found guilty of plagiarism, that professor would pay a price. You know, they wouldn't just uh, say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a black professor, therefore you're firing me. No. Plagiarism has nothing to do with skin color or gender. Plagiarism is plagiarism. And if you're guilty of plagiarism, you're not going to survive as president of a university. But we live in this world today where there are some people who always have to go back to the race card. That's all they have. They always have to go back to the race card. And it's very unfortunate because it does uh, a lot of people a disservice, particularly good black professionals. It does them a disservice because they did it the right way. And that's how they got ahead. And to see this woman who has obviously has problems with plagiarism, to, to see people defending her is absolutely, absolutely incredible. So. I thought, you know, it just seems like the more time goes by, the, the more pitiful this race card gets. And I don't know what else to tell you other than I think it's pitiful to play the race card every time, you know, something like this happens. Again, it has nothing to do with race. This is about the president of a university uh, engaging in plagiarism. And it's not just once. There are several examples of this. One quick note on this day in history. We remember Don Shula. And if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, then you remember Don Shula because he was the head coach that went three times to the Super Bowl, won twice with the Dolphins back in the 1970s, including that perfect season of 72-73 or 73-74, one of those seasons, where the Dolphins were perfect. I mean, they won every game in the regular season, and then they won the three games in the postseason, including the Super Bowl, the perfect Dolphins. I think it was 73. I think it was 73-74 when, uh, when this happened, or 72-73. It doesn't matter, but it, it was a perfect season 
for the Miami Dolphins. Now, Don Shula was also uh, the head coach of the Baltimore Colts when they lost to the Jets in the Super Bowl. But, of course, you know, that doesn't count like the Super Bowl victories uh, with Miami. So Don Shula, born on this day in 1930, he passed away in 2020, and he's still one of the coaches. I think he's got over 300 wins. So he's up there in the top uh, three or four of coaches with victories in the NFL. So Don Shula, a great coach. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.